Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I'm worried driving the car with Oakley and she touched. I'm not going to give this any more credence. I'm not going to let the person win. I will not be a victim. We have nothing to put the patient onto, so they're safer on an ambulance trolley. What I did in the morning, TJ, is crack. It's like outing. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Good morning. Friday. It's beautiful out there. It's lovely. I'm not too sure if it'll hold up for the rest of the day. Weather has been really a case of the march of many weathers over the last week. What days and nights we've had weather-wise over the last few days. Forecast for the weekend isn't so bad, though, but make the most of it. It's going to get cold, too, so be careful about putting out those spring plants and all of that but uh, much more important things to be talking about there's a spate of car thefts happening the theft of Japanese import cars which don't have a proper anti-theft device fitted and we've had a couple of people come forward with their stories we'll get to that during the morning also watching that story the Graham Dwyer case I'll, I'll fill you in on it again in a minute but it, it's It's coming again to another crucial point. There are those who believe, and I've spoken to them, there are those who believe Graham Dwyer is going to walk away. There are those who believe that he won't. Somewhere in between, I suspect, lies the truth, and we will only find that out in the fullness of time. But I want to start this morning. I was sitting last night chatting to my mum around 20 past nine. We had one eye on the television news, and a story broke, and I looked at the television, as did my mom, with our eyes agog and our mouths open. I speak of a 39-year-old murder case that began on a beach called White Strand near Cahersivine, County Kerry, in April of 1984, where the body of a newborn baby boy was found. He had been stabbed 28 times. Now, a young woman, Joanne Hayes, from the village of Ardfert, who had recently given birth herself was subsequently arrested and charged. It is fair to say she was treated appallingly by the Gardaí and by the state. Shamefully treated by the Gardaí and by the state. The charges were eventually dropped 
Uh, the case led to a tribunal of inquiry where she was again treated abominably by the state. It is now accepted that neither she nor her family had any connection whatsoever with the little baby boy, now known as Baby John. They were eventually given a formal state apology. Joanne was paid compensation. And that's over. But the mystery of who did kill Baby John remains an open case. And for the past five years now, it's been the subject of an experienced cold case investigation. And last night, that was the story that broke in the 9 o'clock news. Last night, two people were arrested and are being questioned under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act on suspicion of murder. It's there. We'll take up the story. We're going to Castle Island in County Kerry, where uh, Paul Byrne, Southern Correspondent of Virgin Media News and occasional presenter of this very programme, is standing by to take the story up. Paul, good morning. Good morning, PJ. I understand that the cold case team have actually taken over Castle Island Garda Station at this point. That's right. Um, they arrived in Castle Island uh, yesterday afternoon and serving members in Castle Island were deployed to other Gaza stations. Um, news filtered through that something was unfolding and members of the media started to make phone calls and, you know, little bits of information were emerging and it was coming through that, you know, there had been a breakthrough in the investigation into the murder of baby John. Um, But as investigations go, this has been one of the most closely guarded secret and it's like getting blood out of a turnip. I mean, there's a wall, a veil of silence around Castle Island and other Garda stations. Since 2018, you've had the cold case review team examining uh, the investigation and they arrived into Castle Island yesterday having dotted all of the I's, crossed all of the T's and they were ready to make a move and they did so just before uh, around 6 o'clock yesterday evening two people were arrested a man in his 60s and a woman in her 50s now my understanding from sources close to the investigation is that both were arrested at the same location they were known to one another back in 1984 and they were still known to each other to all you know they've remained in contact with one another throughout that time Last night, the guy they were only saying arrested in the south of the country, but it's almost certain now it was Kerry, correct, Paul? They, they were they were arrested at a location in Kerry um, for operational reasons. Um, they're not disclosing the exact location. My understanding is I, I have learned of a location where they were arrested, but it won't be disclosing that okay, information. Appreciate that. All right. Now, their, but, uh, the, the, DNA the man, has played man, a massive part here, Paul. DNA, you said, is it? DNA, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In 2018, the cold case review team was established. Um, On that day, Superintendent Flora Murphy, who's based in Killarney, uh, they apologised to Joanna Hayes for basically what was, at the time, in 1984, a botched investigation. Uh, Joanna Hayes subsequently received, uh, I think, in excess of €2 million in compensation, as did members of her family. But in 2018, the cold case review team, they appealed for people to come forward and give samples of DNA. And it was a very, very good move because there were a number of persons of interest all along, but they couldn't make make that connection. Mm-hmm. So Paul Byrne, PJ, 
volunteered a DNA sample. But Mr. and Mrs. X, who were persons of interest, didn't. And, you know, again, all attention focused. So they were narrowing it down bit by bit. Then last September, baby John's body was exhumed from the Holy Cross Cemetery in Cahersivine. Mm. And DNA samples were taken. And they were cross matched with all of the samples taken and there wasn't a match but yesterday evening then Gardy swooped because they now believed at that stage they knew who baby John's mother and baby John's father were again as well as the DNA snippets of information were coming through to guards since 2018 mm. because with the passage of time a lot of people they were carrying um, what Gardy said at the time, you know, that someone knew who baby John's mother was, somebody knew who baby John's father was, and that he, the superintendent said at the time, people have been carrying a lot of pain and hurt and that baby John deserves justice. So my understanding is that all of this little, these snippets of intelligence that were coming together were being collated and, you know, everything was, a, a picture was being formed intelligence was being put together but the crucial thing in this is DNA and last night when the man and woman were arrested and taken to separate guard stations in Kerry one is the lady is in here in Castle Island and the gentleman who's in his 60s he's in a Listol guard station mm-hmm. and as part of the course um, DNA samples were taken from both of these people last evening. They were rushed under uh, armed escort to the forensic lab in Dublin. And, you know, no time has been wasted. Mm-hmm. And this investigation today and since last night, this isn't a trawling exercise since last evening. This is for the purpose of charge. Paul, because, they have because, section four because, they have until tonight, isn't it? They've got to do something before tonight. They have, because they will do something. They've got 24 hours. Now, remember when someone's arrested for 24 hours, he or she who's been detained can decide, <clears throat> excuse me, he or she can decide to take a break. And at that stage, the clock will stop. If they want to continue questioning, the clock continues ticking. But um, I don't know whether there's been rest periods or anything. I understand that, you know, guards and um, were, were on scene all night um, with, with these people. So they have 24 hours, and at that stage, the detectives must either charge or release the, the, the people in custody. But again, as I said, my understanding is that the arrests were for the purpose of charge because of the nature of the case, I could not see either of these two people being released and walking back into their community because of the nature of the investigation, the nature of the, the crime that was committed. Mm. Um, so my understanding is that there will be a charge at some stage tonight or that they'll be appearing in court tomorrow. Paul, as long as I know you, when you do this job, you always know more than you're able to tell me. I think that's the sense this morning. I think we will have a major, a further major development, would you think, by tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, I mean, the, the, the arrests were for the purpose of charge. So there will, something will happen All right. within okay. the next 12 hours. Finally, we will find out, or hopefully find out, what happened to baby John. I, I, I summarised the 1980s story and the way the Hayes were treated, which was shameful, and then the tribunal, which was even more shameful. But th- that man, Flower, is it O'Sullivan? 
from Flor Murphy, Flor Murphy Killarney. from Killarney. I remember him also saying in 2018, "We must do justice for Baby John." That's right. He said, "Baby John deserves justice." Those were his words at the time of the, the press conference in Carhartt Garda Station at the time. And a guard said to me last night that they are now. You know, he wasn't involved in the original investigation, but a source said to me last night that, um, look, they've put the pieces together. It's been a very, very long road. It's been a great mystery, a major puzzle. They've got all the, the pieces, they've dotted their I's, they've uh, crossed their T's, and they're making up for past mistakes. All right. Listen, Paul, thank you very much for that. And if there are any developments throughout the course of the morning, I know we can come back to Paul Bourne, Southern correspondent with Virgin Media News, occasional presenter also of this very radio programme, live there outside Castle Island Garda Station, where this investigation is now centred. And as Paul said, and that's new information, uh, these arrests are for the purpose of charge. So something will happen uh, before the end of the day or into tomorrow. Under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act, they've got to do something. Guards have to make a decision on this by tonight or tomorrow. Paul, we'll, we'll stay in touch. My thoughts go instinctively this morning. Instinctively to Joanne Hayes and her family and the people of Ardfert good, kind, decent, ordinary people and her family good, kind, decent, ordinary country people who were put through hell in the 80s for something and over something with which they had no connection whatsoever wouldn't you love to know how Joanne feels this morning and how Joanne felt last night with this development? Wow. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yes, I am old enough to remember it all. And uh, my late dad, we, we always talked, often talked about it, the two of us. And he used to just shake his head. He would shake his head slowly and sadly at what had happened to Joanne. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM My moan is the junction by Dino's in Blackpool on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh my God. If you know, you know from Chris and Middleton. Yeah. I wish to moan about my life. I got paid last Friday, says somebody else here. And now I have 145 euro to last me for the month of March. What is the point in working my ass off? I'm having a rotten hair day, lads. It looks like I was dragged through a bush. In fact, my bush is in better condition. (laughs) My garden, that is. (laughs) Casey and Ross in the morning. You can now order your 231 electric Skoda Enyaq from No DC Cars. Skoda Sales dealer of the year. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Two questions have landed on my desk this morning, and I we're going to try and get you to answer them both. Where we even start, I don't know. Uh, with you, I guess. It's confirmation season, and Emma sent in this note to us. Emma says, PJ, it's my nephew's confirmation weekend. Can you ask your listeners something for me? What is the norm to give a child these days for their confirmation if you're their aunt? I remember in my 
confirmation in the 90s, I got 70 pounds. And I thought I was a millionaire, says Emma. Yeah, I know. Uh, so what is, if you're, you're an auntie, there kind of seems to be a scale, isn't there? If you're a, a granny or a granddad or an auntie or an uncle or a brother or a sister or a brother-in-law or a godfather or a godmother, there seems to be kind of a scale, but no one has it written down. What would you give a child for a confirmation if you were the child's auntie? Emma wants to know. 083 396 96 96. While you're having a think about that one, and we talked so much yesterday about the eviction ban and the lifting of the eviction ban and the anger out there on the telephones yesterday morning was palpable. Yes, there were stories of people for whom the eviction ban was, shall we say, interfering with their property rights. Or in particular, I think of Jason, is it Jason? Who can't get into a house because there's someone in it and the house is being given to them they can't get into it because there's somebody in it those kind of things but a lot of anger out there following the decision on Wednesday night to lift the eviction ban on the back of that by the way I mentioned that there were two Cork TDs who didn't vote one was Simon Coveney and the other was Donna Donna subsequently contacted the opinion line to say the reason he didn't vote was he was out of the dial on medical advice. Donica has had some surgery recently. Well, we wish him well in his recovery from that. 0818969696. Michael then says, lads, would you throw it out there and see what people say? We're going to have a Labour Party motion brought forward now of confidence in the government. Ivanabachik tabled it and It'll be debated and discussed and what will happen is the no confidence vote will go before the dial and the government will flip it into a confidence vote and take a confidence vote in itself. And they will win that. That's fairly certain. They will win that. But Michael wants me to put it to listeners of the opinion line on this fine spring Friday morning. Do you have confidence in this government? Do you have that confidence? Yes or no? I'm not, I don't think we'll open a poll, will we? We'll see. But do you have confidence in this government on the back of what happened this week? So there's the two things, the two questions that I want to take through the morning with you. All right. How much does an auntie give a confirmation child? And do you have confidence in the government? Either or or both of those questions. We'd like your input at 083 396 or 0818 96 9696. Now, we got word maybe a week or so ago that there was a spate of thefts of Japanese imported cars. This has been happening for a while. I remember talking to someone last year whose little car was stolen from outside her house. But there's a spate of it recently and there's a gang involved of it and there's social media videos boasting about it. And we've been getting these messages to say, lads, could you look into this? Could you look into this? And get them now for the last uh, week and a half. But it's always better to talk to someone who's actually been there and been through it. Kelly, your car was stolen, I think, while you were at work in Mahan Point. Morning. Good morning, PJ. 
Yes, um, I was working in Fraser's on Patrick's Day. I was doing a shift from three until seven. Mm-hmm. And I parked my car in P4. Man point, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's the only part of the car park that employees are allowed to park in. So, went into work, came out after my shift at seven o'clock, and lo and behold, my car was gone. Right. So, I went back into security and I told them my car was missing. And I was asked, was I sure I parked there? And I said, yes, I'm very sure. And the security guard came out with me into the car park. We looked around and he said, I'm going to have to make sure that it's not in any of the other car parks. So don't ring the guards until then. And I said, fine. Um, And he came back into me a few minutes later and he said, look, your car is definitely not here. Mm -hmm. We will, you'll have to ring the guards. So that's exactly what I did. And he had been onto the control room during that time and they looked through the footage and the car had been taken at 5 p.m. It's a little Aqua, a little Toyota import. Uh, yes, so it's a Jap import. It's a white Toyota Aqua. Um, I wasn't aware of how easily robbed that they were hmm. um, because there's no immobilizer. When I bought the car, I wasn't made aware that there was no immobilizer. I thought it was a, you know, a regular thing that every single car that was relatively new had an immobilizer. Yes. Um, but it wasn't the case. So, you know, the guard came, took my statement, and he said, you know, chances are it it could be found burnt out or it could come back in an awful condition. We'll just have to go and investigate and see. And they took stills of the video footage the Mountain Point Shopping Centre had also. Um, I went home. I was in an awful state because my car is my livelihood. Yeah. I also have a full-time job in Ring Skiddy, so, you know, getting from A to B yeah. is imperative for me. Yeah. Um, so, to say I was devastated was an understatement, mm. and I, I was inside in bed on Sunday night, and my phone beeped, um, because I'd shared the post so many times on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was constantly beep, beeping, and I was kind of hoping with the power of sharing and social media that somebody would have spotted it and um, I got a message from the person who claimed to have stolen my car saying catch me if you can ha 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 and then he came in underneath it with another message saying your car has been burnt out and all and he put a few emojis after that then such as laughing faces, flames medals and things like that Um, his friends started to like the post what he'd written and I managed to do a bit of investigating and all that um, found his friends, he happened to be 16 he's turning 17 next month and I it just broke my heart yeah. not only did he see my car but he had to rub my nose in it as well wow, that's horrible, that's absolutely horrible horrible yeah. no so you got your yeah. insurance, I think. You you are covered for this, I take it. So I yeah, I'm fully comp insurance wise. Um but obviously as my car hadn't been recovered, it, it's going to take that little bit longer, I think. So mm. they sent out an investigator and he was a lovely man. He said this seems to be going on wholesale at the moment. He had been to the Manboyne shopping centre on more than one occasion, um and around that general Black Rock area. Um, because 
similar cars to mine had been stolen. You they're, know? they're targets because the youngsters know that they, they don't have uh, an, an immobiliser in them. So That's exactly it. And oh. you're hearing more about... Now, we got messages, Kelly, mm-hmm. running up to St. Patrick's Day that there was a space of it. You, yes. you've, you've got more messages about that now. I have. So, obviously, because I've shared my post far and wide, and I do have a huge group of friends, and they've shared it, people have been messaging me back. Like, another person came back and said, I live around the corner from that point. My car was stolen two hours after yours, and it was found burnt out down by Carey's. You know, and another girl came in and said my car was stolen from Douglas Court. They seem to be targeting shopping centres. Yeah. For some, because they can blend in easy. Yeah. As well, you know, if you're confident enough walking up to a car, you don't look like you're out of place. Nobody's going to question it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How old is the car? I have the car three years, mm. um, and it was a 142. I see. I see. Now, you know? in the last few hours, you've had word that the car has been found. Yes, I have. That's great um, news. Or is it? Is that great news or what? Well, I won't know until the insurance company look at it. Um, the guard that rang me, he said, your car has been found. It wasn't burnt out. The outside of it doesn't look too bad. But he said the inside is absolutely horrific. Oh. Someone was living in it. Living in it? Yeah, so there was a um, sleeping bag and food and the whole lot. Right. So not great. Right. I take it they, they they weren't living in it because they were homeless. They were living in it because they could for the mess. Yes. Like, the guy says to me, do you keep your car relatively clean? And I said, yes, I do. He said, do you smoke? I said, no, I don't. He said, so we can take it that all the cigarette butts that are inside in the car are mm. belonging to the people who are using the car during the period in which it was missing. Yeah. And the water, I did my shopping the during the weekend and I had 24 pack of water in the boot that I just hadn't brought in home and they managed to drink that too and leave all the bottles on the inside of the car and he said it's just absolutely saturated and disgusting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a matter of seeing they, what... They, they took it for a mess, Kelly. Oh, that's exactly why they took it. And the thing is, because they're underage, PJ, there's nothing that can be done about it. Yeah. It's the same problem as the the people causing havoc in, in retail shops. They're just young thugs and there's little or nothing you can do about it. There's a oh. gang supposed to be doing this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and they have it up on TikTok. You know, they post their TikTok posts which I believe TikTok should remove. Um, They post under Toker's Hottest. And anyone can log into TikTok and type in Toker's Hottest and you see exactly what they get up to. It's it's beyond a joke, PJ. The guards' hands are tied because the law isn't on their side because they're minors. You know, I suppose garages, I believe, should tell you there's no immobilizing in your car and say, look, for an extra five or six hundred quid, we can fit one. Yeah. Or we can fit an alarm, give you the option at least, you know, give you the information so you can make the informed decision as to whether you want it or not. Yeah. You know, like if it had cost me an extra five or six hundred quid to fit an immobilizer or an alarm, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Apart from the dirt now, you you still don't know whether when you sit into it, it'll start. It'll drive, Yeah. yeah. 
that's the other side of it. You'd, so hope, it, it, you'd hope it will. 100% hope it will, because um, I need my car. Yeah. Let's hope it all works out, Kelly. Let's hope but, that other than the dirt, the car is fine. Hopefully. Like the guy said, he said, I don't know whether it's running or not, because I had been clamped where it was, but he said the inside is just horrific. All right. We're going to try and get some advice for people about these immobilizers. There must be some place that fits them relatively cheaply or dead switches or whatever you can put into them. Yeah. I'm just glad the news is good for you today. Kelly, thanks. No problem, PJ. Thank you for taking the call. Kelly, thank you. Thank you. Good speaking to you on the opinion line. 0818969696. Sinead, hold on for me just a sec. Your car was also taken. You can tell me about it after the break. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96 this is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. So, Sinead, another car stolen on Patrick's Day. Evening to you. Or morning to you, rather. Morning, PJ. Yeah, um, my car was taken from outside my parents' house on Patrick's night. It had been parked there all day. Mm. Um, and my dad was coming out and he heard them bumped my sister's car and he just seen them flying off down the road in it. Wow. Okay. Little Mazda Demio. Yeah, it was a Mazda Demio. 2010. Mm-hmm. So, worse again is an hour later it was burnt out. How did you find that out? So, we reported to the guards straight away. They came down and they were reviewing the CCTV in my mum and dad's and they actually got a call while they were sitting there. They were in my house for about 40 minutes and they got a call while they were sitting there to say they found the car and then the next words that came out were it was burned out. An hour later? And it less, even less, I'd say, than an hour later, yeah. So they, they, they took it from outside your dad's house? Yeah. Took it for a spin and, and burnt it out? Yeah, they found it out by um, Carey's car store. Oh, yeah. There's a bit of wasteland there. Was that where they found it, yeah? Yeah, so if you drive past Carey's car store and you head towards the Hyundai garage at the back. Yes. There's um, kind of a place down there, I suppose, teenagers, they know it locally as the Weller. They're all down there all I the time, know. gangs of them and things. So, yeah. yeah. So how did you feel when you heard that your lovely motor car had been burnt out? Oh, I was devastated. Disgusted. My small one was there as well. Like she's only five, and she was hysterical because she had things in the carriage. You know, she had a new scooter for her birthday was in oh. the car, and um, other bits and pieces like her favorite doll and her teddy and stuff. Oh, no. I had my purse in the car. There was money in there. Everything. She was just completely heartbroken. So was I. I didn't know what to think. Um, to see them just driving off in the car as well. You know, we were all just coming out to the door. My dad was shouting and. Oh, they didn't care. And then there was videos circulating afterwards all over TikTok and stuff. They were putting things in their own names. They were putting them on fake pages, rallying my car up and down the road and not a care in the world. So they filmed themselves in your car. Did they film yeah. the car burning out? Uh, I haven't seen anything of it burning out, no. But there's gangs of them down that place 
and they're just racing the car up and down the road doing all sorts. Um, they even filmed themselves robbing the car. There was someone down the road recording the two people that were breaking into my car. Oh, and he actually posted it on his own TikTok account afterwards, which was forwarded to me. And and these are just kids, Sinead. Like, they're only youngsters. From what I've heard, like, the guard said there's gangs of them all over the city. But from what I've heard and what I've after seeing online, like, it's a gang out in Toker. Yeah. As far as I'm aware. And they are meant to be very young. Like, yeah. they're under 18. Yeah, which makes it almost impossible to do anything about it from a guard yeah. point of view. How have your insurance company been dealing with this? Um, they were kind of quick enough. Someone came out to talk to me the other day and kind of run through things and take a statement off me. But they just said they don't know how long it's going to take. It's all a process and then it's just I have to wait. Will you recover? I, I could be weeks without a car. Yeah. yeah, I had insurance. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah. Did you get a courtesy car? No, unfortunately. I'm actually a learner driver. My test was due today. I had to cancel it during the week because there was no way I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be in the right mindset anyway after that happening to you, you know? No, no. And your mum, you're saying, is having to drop your little girl to school and all that now? So. Um, yeah, so she came down for it today. She had to come down, extra, get up extra early this morning. And I, like, I'm not living in Mahin. I'm living outside of Mahin. So she had to come and get my daughter this morning. Mm. But this was the first day she got to school all week because like, they had other things on. They were doing other things. And like, she was very upset as well. She didn't want to go to school either you know, on Monday or Tuesday. Mm. And you weren't warned when you were buying the car. No one told you that these demios, they're one of the, the ones no. they come without an immobiliser. No? no. So it was actually my first car and I went to Dublin to get it. Um, and yeah, the garage never informed me of anything. They ran through the car. It was a nice little car when we got up there. was kind of happy with, enough with it. And they never informed me of any security features or anything that they didn't have. Yeah. And you would have spent a couple of quid to put in the mobiliser if you were told you needed one. If I had known, yeah, I would have, like, secured the car a bit better, definitely, yeah. Like, a lot of people are buying these cars and not being told at all. Mm. And the cars aren't properly secure. It's ridiculous. Well, here's hoping that the insurance company can sort you out uh, sooner rather than later. Sorry to hear about the the car being burnt out. Sinead, thank you very much. And when the driving test comes around again, good luck with it. Mm -hmm. Thanks, PJ. Cheers, Sinead. So that's Sinead's story there and Kelly's story just before it. There's a spate of these thefts. My daughter's car was stolen twice within six months. A white Toyota Aqua from outside her apartment in Wilton. Teenagers as young as 13. Dee says if a child steals a car, then their parents should be the one facing justice. 100% Dee. 100%. Hi PJ. This isn't a new thing. My car was stolen by the same gang. Christmas week. It ruined my Christmas. I was traumatised. I came across videos of my car being joyridden a few days later. It was all over TikTok. You could see names and faces. I sent it to the investigating Garda, but nothing's happened since. They're clearly still at it. You can see them driving on the wrong side of the road. They're doing 170, 180 kilometres. They're going to kill someone soon if they aren't stopped. I was also told my car had no immobiliser when I bought it. It should be illegal to sell a car without an immobiliser. 
I'm in touch with four or five other people now who've had their cars taken by this gang. They're causing huge amounts of stress and upset to people, but they seem to think it's hilarious to terrorise innocent people. My car was found, but written off. It was so badly damaged, I couldn't replace it with the amount my insurance would pay out, so it's after costing me a fortune that I frankly can't afford. Something seriously needs to be done. Yeah, Brian says they should take the social welfare or children's allowance off of the parents if the children are found to be doing if you ever so if you're a 13 14 15 year old is caught doing this Brian is suggesting that your children's allowance or your child welfare whatever the child benefit allowance be stopped and if you're on social welfare it should be stopped like go further if you happen to be working that your wages should be uh, docked so you pay for the damage. Yeah, if teenagers are out in the evenings or the mornings or the middle of the day robbing cars, joyriding them, burning them out, destroying them, terrorising people, putting property in danger, the, the legislation doesn't cover them. They know it, the little buggers. So start punishing the parents. And I make no apology for saying that. Start punishing the parents. If your 13 or 14 year old is out in the evening time and you don't know where they are, that's on you. few suggestions coming in for Emma. Emma's an auntie and Emma's been invited to a confirmation this weekend and she's wondering how much an auntie gives the child for their confirmation. We have a few suggestions and I'll get to them in a minute. They range from mean, and I mean it, tight. They range from tight to are you crazy? How much... Should Emma give, she's an auntie, how much should she give the confirmation child this weekend? 0818 96 96 96. Back to stolen cars though. Japanese imported cars, a space of it out there. Running now I think, but the sounds of what we're getting for months. Paul, it's, it's rampant you say. Morning. Good morning Peter. Yeah, it's absolutely mental. You teens going around stealing these cars and you know, they're putting their own lives in danger. They're putting members of the public's lives in danger as well because they're driving these cars erratically. Yes. You know, they don't care about the owners of the car and they don't care about members of the public driving on the roads. You know, but look, it's just the security features in these cars, there's none. Yeah, they're, they're targeting the Jap imports because for some reason they come in without immobilizers or any kind of a safety device and the evidence seems to be they're being sold onto people without being warned of this too they're definitely not being told and you know like it's even something as simple as insurance companies sending a notice out to these people who have a Japanese import to not letting them know that your car may not have security features in it yeah you know simple it might protect it might bring down claims because at the end of the day, PJ, it's me and you are paying for all this. This is why your insurance claims, your insurance is so high. Yeah. So it's through the roof as it is. You know, so like the security features you can get for these cars, a steering wheel lock, a gear stick and handbrake lock, yeah. a dead switch and a GPS tracker. Yeah. You can get... An immobiliser fitted to, can't you, if you know a mechanic or a garage? You can, you can, yeah. 
Do you know, like, you have to prevent these young fellas from taking the car. Mm. If you have these things in the car, they, they might just turn away and walk away, do you know? Yeah, particularly the, the steering wheel lock or the crook lock, the old-fashioned thing like a walking stick with two hooks on it. They won't take the chance of trying to break into that car, but they'll move on to one around the corner. You're not going to stop them trying, but might stop trying on your car. Yeah, exactly. Do you know, like, the message needs to get out there to protect these cars because they're, they're being stolen left, right and centre all over the city at the moment. Yeah. Do you know, like, even if it's the case of just popping the bonnet and disconnecting the battery. Yeah. Do you know, like, at least when they're going into hot wires or whatever they do, do you know, at least they won't be able to get, to, get the car going. Yeah. Slow them down, do you know. Because they're doing it in a couple of minutes. They're getting good at it. They know what to do. They know the cars to go for. And once they're into the car, they're away. Yeah, that's it, PJ. Like, the minute they have the car door open, they'll have that car started within three minutes and gone. Do you know, that's how quick it is. And do you know, you'll wake up no more and you go to jump into your car to go to work and you've no car there. Yeah. They're scratching their head going, what, what happened there? Do you know, it's amazing, like, to people, People are unaware of it, and garages that are selling these cars should be letting the customers know that there is no security in these vehicles. Hmm. So no, people need to be aware of this. Because they are popular, grand little cars, but they, don't, they have this particular flaw in them. And you, you said it's a good point to make about the insurance companies, that the insurance company, when they insure the car by model, they're going to know this too, aren't they? Oh, the the insurance companies know it, and I don't I don't know why they're not sending notices out to the customers that you have a Japanese import and please consider to put in security. It's it's helpful in the long run because everybody is suffering from it. Yeah, Mary's car might get robbed across the road, but it's suffering everyone then. Yeah because everyone's driving and everyone's paying the insurance on all their own cars and insurance premiums are going through the roof over us. That's right. And then Mary's you car know? is burnt out and we're paying the premium on that. And Yeah. But, you know, like, the big thing here this morning, PJ, is that at least someone learns from this. Yeah. You know? And if they have a Japanese import, get this get some sort of security into that car. Yeah. Obviously an alarm system, you had these one of these crook locks and, and a dead switch. Explain to people, well, what is a dead switch? A dead switch, like you need to turn on, it's, it's, it's a switch in the car, you can, you can put the dead switch anywhere within the car. You, you, you as the owner will only know where that dead switch is. So if that dead switch is off and you go to start the ignition, the car won't start. Yes. But if you flip the switch and turn it on, the car will start for you. Is that something you can put in yourself or should you go to a garage and get it put in? You can do it yourself or you can go to a garage. The cost is small, PJ. You're probably best bet with the insurance to go to a garage and get them to do it rather than try and do it yourself, I'd say. But you can do it yourself. You can do it yourself, yeah. But I just hope that your listeners will take, take it on board if they have a Japanese import. Yeah. Put the security into these cars because they're being they're being robbed left, right and centre around the whole city.
the videos being posted. We've got some pictures and some videos there. There's a gang on TikTok boasting about this. We've got a serious problem, don't we, Paul? Just a side issue. We've got a serious problem with, with teenagers involved in crime. It's a massive problem, Peter. Massive. You know, they're going around boasting on TikTok, having a great laugh. But, you know, it'll be a great laugh till one of them ends up um, in a box. You know, they might wake up then. You know, but look, hopefully someone listening to this might have a Japanese import and they might go away and get the security put into their cars, you know, and take it on board. Paul, thanks very much. Good to talk to you. You too, PJ. Bye. Thanks very much. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96FM. Yeah, Emma was on to us this morning. A lot to do. Uh, we're going back to housing in just a second. And uh, we'll talk to Michelle, who wants to move home from... England, but is terrified by the prospect of what is going on here. That's in a sec. Uh, just hold on there for me a second, Michelle. Emma got in touch. She's been invited to a confirmation this weekend. Emma is an auntie, and she's wondering what you give the child in terms of how much you give the child. Is there a scale of charges depending on the fact that you're an auntie or an uncle? or a cousin, or whatever. Is there a scale of charges? 100 quid would be fair, I think. I'm not too sure if that's being mean, though. What? 100 quid? 50 for a niece or nephew, says this suggestion. 100, says Monica. 50, says Siobhan. 10 euro, says someone who doesn't sign their name. Then again, that might be all you have. So we accept that. And someone... Someone says 200 euro is now the norm for a niece or nephew. Sweetest. Moses. What's the average? Surely the average is not 200 euro. I'm thinking 50 or 100. Let's help Emma. Let's get to something definitive. Whichever the most common amount that comes in, we'll kind of make that the definitive one. And maybe help Emma out this weekend. She'd go to a confirmation and doesn't know how much money to put in the card. She's an auntie. 083 96 96 96. We were also asking some people at Michael's suggestion if they have confidence in the government. At one, we might hold that back for another day and maybe do a poll another day. We're just really busy this morning, but kind of a mixture of what's coming in. Kind of a mixture of what's coming in. Um mixture of yes I do have confidence or no I don't have confidence because we're doing that on the back of the decision taken in the Dáil during the week to lift the eviction ban at the end of the month the government in the end won that vote handily um, and, and we, everyone knew that they would I think everyone watching it who knew the first thing about politics they, they were always going to win it they knew they were always going to win it 
they will also beat the Labour confidence motion next week, although the margin uh, could be tighter than it was on Wednesday night. Yesterday morning, our phones were alive with people talking about the eviction ban, talking about their situation now that the eviction ban will lift. Rebecca, in particular, I think brought tears to people's eyes when she was talking about how she went to London. Uh, it's on the podcast if you want to go look for it. But she went to London and then when she came, she came home to raise a family here, she's done everything right. Herself and her partner have saved hard. They've got nearly €40,000 saved. Uh, they want to put down a deposit on the house. They want to get a mortgage. They both have good jobs. They commute, believe it or not, from Cork for a lot of their work in Dublin. She's doing everything right. And now she's looking at her two children because she faces the prospect of eviction and she thinks she might have to end up spending the 40 grand that she has saved or nearly 40 grand that they have saved she might end up spending that on hotel accommodation and she was in tears on the phone yesterday and there were many many calls like that now Michelle you've been in the UK for over 20 years I think and and you want to come home now good morning yeah hi morning PJ how are you good where are you what part I'm in uh, South Yorkshire in, okay. a, in, a, in a town called Doncaster. Okay, okay. Happy, happy Valley yeah. country. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not far from there. <laughs> yeah. okay. From Ballancolic originally? From Ballancolic, yes. I grew up in uh, Castle Park and then I decided I wanted to go somewhere different. So my plan was only to come to the UK for a year and 20 odd years later I'm still here. Was, was there a man involved maybe? Oh yeah, there was for sure. That's a, that's a different show because <laughs> that that ended up in divorce. So oh there you go. God! So you want to come back? Yeah, my plan was to be home this year before Christmas, and uh, I've been listening. I've been listening, and I just I, I cannot believe what I'm hearing about people being evicted, uh, people um, you know being made homeless. Um, you know, you've got something like over 3,000 children homeless yeah. at the moment in Ireland. 11,700 people currently listed as homeless, but nearly 4,000 of them children. Our, our children, I mean, I, I can't believe that the council and the government think that that's acceptable. I really, really can't. And there's just, I mean, is there is there housing associations and, and, and stuff? There are. People? There's Cluid and there's um, Threshold. There's, there's quite a few of them. You're housed by a housing association. Explain how it works over there, Michelle? Well, I was private renting for years because yeah. with, with being on my own, I mean, I'm on, I'm on a good wage, um, I would be classed as a, a low earner in terms of trying to get a mortgage. Um, so I was renting for years and years and then it was an older couple and they decided that they wanted to sell the house and the, the, the price of the rents had just uh, rocketed over the years. And I started looking into housing associations and I thought, well, I've got nothing really to lose, have I, by putting an application form in. Mm. And by some stroke of luck, they, they, they offered me a home. Yeah. Um, because How I was long did it take for that to happen? I, I was on their waiting list about a year and a half. Okay. But I had, to be fair, TJ, I had time on my side. I didn't need to be out of where, where I was. They weren't in any desperate rush. Right. Like for me to go until I was settled, if you know what I mean. So I was very, very lucky that way. Yeah. Um, and then they they rang me and they offered me this home because I was next on the list. So I, ca- I came to see this house and they said to me, if I didn't, if I didn't accept this house, it would it would go to the next person on the waiting list, and then I would go back to the end of the waiting list. So I, I accepted. Mm. Um, 
and it, it's fabulous. It really is. It, it's absolutely fabulous. The, um, the rents are controlled. I live in a two-bedroom, semi-detached corner plot, and my rent's only £405. A month? You know, a month, yeah. In Doncaster? Yeah. In Doncaster, yeah. Yeah. Um, it has, mother. Yeah, it, Don, that's a decent-sized town, isn't it, Michelle? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's actually got to. It's actually got to be status now. Oh, it's a city. Um, no, I, I haven't been yeah. there. I haven't been in Doncaster since I'd say the eighties. So I, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, and it's great, and um, it's there for it, it's there for people, you know, um, to get them on the housing ladder because after I think if I'm here about seven years, I can then apply for you know like shared ownership, um, where. I would own a part of my house and then as the kind of years go on then I, I, I can end up buying this house fully. But I think at the moment, um, with the cost of living going up, I've no 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 I've no intention of buying this house because whatever you know, while whatever I'm renting, say like if my boiler broke or uh, my back door broke or something like that, they're straight out to fix it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Where like okay. When you when they say straight out, so your boiler goes kaput today and you phone them, when will they come out? They would be out tonight because that would be fast um, as an emergency, you know, for heating and hot water. So they have to come up within 24 hours of reporting your boiler. Um, now, if it's if it's things like like um, my garden fencing at the moment that that needs replacing, so they came out to see that yesterday, and that was in five days of me reporting the the repair, and it's booked in for the fifth of May to have the fencing replaced because that's that's like non-emergency repair. Um, but I know that's going to be done on the 5th of May, you know. Michelle? Yeah. Stay where you are. I mean well, that. I know, I know. I'm but, sorry, uh, no, this is going to sound awful, <laughs> anti... I'm, I'm listening to you, and I know there's people listening to you here going, stay where you are, girl. I know, I know, but I would just, I would just love to come home. Uh, like, um, I've heard my son, he's, 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 he's finished university now, you know, and he's off doing his own thing. And it would just be nice to come home and be able to pop to the family or go, you know, go and meet, you know, meet my sister for a coffee or, you know. Um, but it's, it's absolutely terrifying. And, and there, I was listening to a girl on there yesterday, and she's, uh, and uh, she's an ex caregiver. She's going to be evicted from her home, yeah. and I just thought. And you had asked her, where was she going to go from here? And she said, I don't know. And, and I honestly, I was crying for her because I thought she should not be in that position. You yeah, know, some, something that happens here, Michelle, and, and maybe you can yeah. give me the, the, the um, other side of it, so what happens in the UK. So if someone is going to become homeless here, yeah. Okay, yeah. they cannot present themselves for help until they actually yeah. are homeless with their bags and their children hanging to them. That is absolutely disgraceful. Now, that's, supposing that's... you discovered, supposing you discovered that you were going to become homeless, you go down today and put your name down, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My friend, actually, she, she, she's actually, um, she's been private renting a home from uh, a girl for the last, I think, six or seven years. And, uh, the girl has been living with her boyfriend and her and her boyfriend have, have split up. And my friend's been served with a Section 21 eviction notice because the landlord wants to move in. Okay. So she went into the council with the uh, Section 21 notice. They gave her a letter to say that uh, she is at risk of being homeless on such a date, blah, blah, blah. And she's gone to the housing association who I'm with 
and they have put her from number, say, I'm just going to pick some figures out of the air, say, say she's a number 197 on the list. Yeah. She's now number three on the list because she's she's at risk of being homeless from the, oh. I think it's the 2nd of May. Oh, Michelle, that's unbelievable. But that's yeah. how it should be. That's how it should be, PJ. Absolutely. I mean, nobody, you know, nobody at all, be they a single parent or two-parent family, whichever, should be in, in that situation where they've got nowhere to go. And I, I just, I don't understand how the local council and, and, and the government think that that's acceptable. And does Doncaster I mean, have rough sleepers? Does Doncaster have to have people in hotels or anything like that? Um, yeah, they do. Um yeah, they do, but um, oh, this is going to sound awful now, but some people choose to be homeless, if you know what I mean, yeah. uh, PJ. Well, and we've got people are, here who just won't come in even if they have a bed, so that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, um, as for myself, when um, when I got, to, when, when me and my husband split up years ago, um, me and my lad were without accommodation for a while, and I actually worked for the council. I've, I've worked for the council for 19 years, and I was in the legal department there. And I had we had we had no fixed abode. Me and my son, we we were sleeping on people's you know spare rooms and things like that. Mm. And um, the council only offered me um, a room in a B and B where where we put. Uh, Clients, you know, yeah. people whose children that we've removed and stuff. Um, but I was, I was fortunate enough to be able to find somewhere to live. But um, they do, they do offer accommodation straight away, be that a bed sit or a hotel. But right. that's not ideal when you when you've got young children. No. I suppose it's okay if you're, you know, a single person, but yeah. not not but when you've no, got no, children. No, no, it's 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 the situation whereby the person gets notice today that they'll be homeless for argument's sake. The the thirty first of July. They can't even go and ask for help until the thirty first of July. That's the situation here. That's absolutely appalling. That's absolutely appalling. What are, I mean, where are these people supposed to go? You know, I mean, and the the price of rents at home. I, I was actually looking last night, and I was looking around the Cove area, and there was only two properties available, and the cheapest one was sixteen hundred. Mm. I mean, who's who's regulating those those price rents? You know, the 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 price of rent. Mm. I know you have a housing yeah. association rent, and that's probably that. That's that's limited. What what would be private accommodation rent now in Doncaster? Uh, my house now is say if this was private rented, you'd be probably looking at about six fifty. Wow, which isn't um, an awful lot. It's compared about nine hundred euros, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you know, and how how. How do you expect people to pay that? I mean, there, there's no way that, I, that I'm going to be coming home and, and spending, you know, 1,600 euros to live in someone else's house. You know, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. But it's a shame because I would I would love to go home yeah. if if I thought that I, I could come home makes tomorrow. Does it, make, does it make you sad that you can't? Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. It really, really does. Um, I really do want to come home, but I think at the moment it's just not affordable and I don't want to be renting a, a property and then facing eviction for whatever reason, you know what I mean? Mm. Be it that they want to tell the, the home or, or, or whatnot. But it's absolutely frightening and I absolutely felt my heart just broke for that lady yesterday yeah. who said that she just didn't know what she was going to do. And I mean, could you imagine not having any, any you know, anywhere to go? You know what I mean? I, I just, I couldn't imagine that. No, no, I couldn't no. imagine that. So I, I, I hope someone reaches out to that girl and, and Ke- helps her really. Kevin's know? a friend of the show and spent many years living in Bristol. And mm. he says, 13 years ago, I was in Michelle's position in a, in a housing association home. 
when we moved back, we rented a four-bed bungalow for 600 a month. Michelle, trust me, stay in Donny till you're not hearing stories like Rebecca anymore. Yeah. M- M- Michael says it would be cheaper for Michelle to stay in the UK and fly home every weekend. And it would have. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. And another Rebecca, I'm not sure if it's our Rebecca from yesterday, this is Rebecca O'Riordan. Please, Michelle, stay where you are. It's not just housing, it's healthcare. Even the private sector has collapsed. That is our Rebecca from yesterday. Even the private sector has collapsed. There's nothing here. You'll regret it. Ireland feels nostalgic till you're three days on a trolley without access to food or a shower. Yeah, what's the NHS like where you are? I mean, I take it that there's, any, uh, there's an emergency department in Donny. Yeah, there is. Um, I am a massive fan of the NHS. Um, I can't fault it at all. That gets in trouble um, at the moment. That, that's, that's, it is. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. But however, um, like I had, um, I've got kind of a, um, an ongoing issue with my neck at the moment, and I am never without an appointment. I'm never waiting longer than, um, you know, eight weeks to see to see my consultant um, to say that they're on their knees. They're still providing services, you know, and they're, eight weeks. they're fabulous. Yeah. So you, you go to your GP, who is NHS covered. GP says you need to see the consultant. Eight weeks. Yeah. Eight weeks, yeah. yeah. You know, some people are talking three years here, Michelle. But that is just, I mean, you could, God forbid me, I mean, God forgive me for saying it, but you could be dead in that time. Do you know what I mean? Sure if, it's, if, if it's serious, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I don't understand it, PJ, because yeah. Ireland is, a, is quite a wealthy country, so why is it? Why is it like this? I just don't. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, Emer. Emer is saying because, of course, Emer is a, is a melancholic woman. She says no, she, she can is, see. Yeah, she yeah, she yeah, can see why you want to come home. She can see why you want yeah. to come home. But the, I'm serious, and I, I, you know, Michelle. I know. I, I know that you probably didn't want to hear this, but I have message after message after message. Stay where you are. Well, I think I'm going to have to take that advice really, aren't I, PJ? Because I, I would just be literally going from the fire into the depths. Well, look, <laughs> you, have a, you, you have a good job. You have a nice home. Yeah. Your son is getting on with his life. So are you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice I part. I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> there aren't too many places, places in the world more beautiful than Yorkshire on a summer's day. Oh no, it's absolutely stunning. It's stunning, especially if you're up by the, you know, the lake district and, and, and the dales and all those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I am very, very lucky, and I know that. And to be honest, I wake up most mornings and I think I'm so lucky, so lucky to have gotten the house that I have. And when, when I hear stories like like Rebecca yesterday, uh, it just breaks my heart. And I just think, why is why are people in the situation? I can't, I can't figure it out, PJ. I really can't. It's it's just. It's, it's mind-boggling. Michelle, it I, have really a, I have a friend who moved to the UK a number of years ago, a good friend of mine, has some health issues. Morning, Mary, if you're listening. Um, but she is, she lives in sheltered housing. And she said to me, only recently, when I was chatting to her on the phone, she said, Paige, I'd be dead. I'd be dead at home. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that is absolutely terrible. That is terrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's just... I'm actually stuck for words, PJ, and I'm not very often stuck for words, but I am when, it, when I'm hearing things like this. And you know the hard part, Michelle? This is mm-hmm. no, none of none of these stories coming in are surprising me. I'm getting so hardened to it at this stage. I'm saying, the, and I'll tell you something else as well. You're only hearing the tip of the iceberg this morning. Really? Yeah. 
Stay, oh my God. Stay where you are, girl. Stay yeah. Away. Yeah, I will do. Yeah, I will although, do. Although, Emer says, says, I said to you, the Yorkshire Dales, Emer said, no, 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 the Weir's in the regional park. Emer is yeah. really, she really is trying to do a melancholic sell here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you know what? Happy days, happy days. Do you ever actually get home? Um, do you know what? I've only been ho- I haven't been home since COVID because right. every time that I say to my sister Caroline, and I know she's listening now, and I say, Caroline, I'm going to come home. No, 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 no. I'll come over. I'll, I'll come over. So she 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 ends up coming over. Um, so I haven't got home since COVID, which is which is a shame. It's a shame, really, and and that's probably why I'm longing so much to come home. I know. I know. Um, you know, but. Life gets in the way, and my job is very busy. So um, that's just how it is, isn't it? But yeah, she she she'll be due she'll be due a trip over soon, I'm sure. All right, all right. Yeah. Does she still bring the berries tea, or is that still going on? Yeah, yeah, berries tea. <laughs> uh, um, the chocolate Kimberly is it? You know the the chocolate covered Kimberleys. Oh, potatoes. Oh, for God's sake! You Come can on. take the girl out of Cork. <laughs> You can't take cargoes, girl, I'm afraid, Peter. <laughs> Michelle, lovely talking to you. Great to hear you listening to us over in, in... I haven't been there in a long, long time. Gorgeous Doncaster. Uh, in uh, That's Michelle. Thank you. 0818 Good luck with whatever you choose to do. But everyone's saying, just stay there. Just stay there. Just We'll podcast that later on and just listen to the comparison between here and and there. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. €50 enough for that confirmation. 50. That's from Caroline. 50 from Diane. And Marie, 50. When our nephew or niece were making confirmation, if you were a godparent, it was 100. If it was an aunt, 50, says Deirdre. 30 or 50 if it's your godchild. 100 is crazy, says Ashling. 
50 is plenty. Whoever said 200 must be the child's mother, says Rose. 100, says Laura. 100 again. If you're godmother, maybe 150 if you can afford it. Otherwise, 50 for auntie. Two callers say, and this is so true, give what you can afford. Don't put yourself under pressure. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, Emma is going to a confirmation this weekend. She's an auntie. It's her niece and nephew. She doesn't know how much you put in to a confirmation card for a niece or a nephew, and she's looking for for your help. 0818969696 or text or WhatsApp 0833969696 and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. We'd like to know by, by quitting time at 12 what the good, most closest to average amount that, um, that Emma should give tomorrow in the card. On the eviction ban, Michael suggested we poll our listeners on confidence in the government. I think we'll probably hold off on that one until after the weekend. Some people are are expressing their view. Someone on the phone says, wait and see how many people actually end up homeless, not covered by government programmes. Then we can decide. We all know your opinion, but there's no need to keep repeating it. You don't know my opinion. You don't. I've tried it. My level, damnedest, best here to present every angle of this. That's my job. I have a view, certainly, but I've tried my level best to um, to present a fairly broad spectrum of opinions. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Back to the phones. Back to something else. Bernie, the driver theory test causing problems. Morning. Yes, hi PJ, thanks for getting back to me. Um, yeah, PJ, um, my daughter uh, had her first appointment this 7th of March to do the theory test. My husband brought her in, it was an afternoon appointment. Um, so when they arrived in, they were told, no, it was cancelled due to a technical issue. So, um, very disappointed, she was all psyched up to do it had taken a day off school as well. My husband had to take time out of work to bring her in. Uh, she was rescheduled for two weeks later, so Monday the 20th, last Monday. I brought her in for an 11 o'clock appointment. And when we arrived at the centre, I could see a lot of young people outside, and I kind of got a feeling, what's going on? Yes. Like they were sitting on window sills. Luckily, I just walked up with my daughter just to get her to the test centre. Um, there was quite a few young people sitting inside. I would say the majority of people there were students. Some of them were sitting on the floor. I could see by the way the woman spoke to my daughter, mm, this is not going well. So I went in just to ask, is there a problem? Mm. Um, and my daughter said, Mom, it's cancelled again. This is the little narrow street. Is it Alfred Street is the name of it? Yes, the, Alfred yeah, Street, there, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Where the centre is there. Should the slightest bit of overcrowding in there and you have a queue out onto the street? Yes. But like I just said to the lady, I don't believe this. I said this is the second time now that she's come in to do the test and we got no message, nothing. And she said, no, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, we can't can't, um, contact you. We've no way of notifying you. Should they have her phone number, surely? Yeah. Now, I said, look, I said, I'm fortunate enough. I don't live too far away from the city. I'm out Blarney direction. Um, And I was driving in. Thank God. But I said, I'm assuming most people here, a lot of them are students, probably had busted in or whatever. 
And I said, and you can't even have the courtesy to let people know. So I just said, what is the problem today? I said, the last day you told my husband it was an internet issue. So she said, I'm not sure. And I said, okay, is there any other test centres in Cork? Is there a few? She said, there is. I said, okay, are any of the other centres having problems? And she said, well, today y'all has gone down as well. So I said, okay, so obviously it's not an internet issue. Now, at the time, I just thought this was true NDLS. I said, it's an NDLS issue. And she said, I can't really say. She's kind so, of, she's just the person on the front line. She's just the worker in the front. I said, she, she were not the first angry parent she'd met that day or angry punter she'd met that day. Well, I possibly was because I didn't see any other parents there, PJ. Okay. And all the students that were there, none of them were saying anything. But she told me that I was lucky that a lot of them were there since 8 o'clock in the morning. And they were hoping that the issue would be resolved and that they would eventually get to sit the test. And Bernie, how does it work? You, you are called when you're called. You're called, you go in, you sit down inside, is it? At a screen. You're to- you're to be there for half an hour beforehand and I think they go through some few questions with you before you go in. But then when you're brought in, as far as I know, they individually go into a booth. Now, I think there's... I did ask the lady, how many can sit the test at a time? And she said nine. So um, I also said to her, look, I said, I have a few jobs to do in town. If I do my few jobs and come back up, is there a chance she can sit it in the afternoon? And she said, no, because your daughter's slot, once her daughter, her slot has gone, she's off the system. So she said, then she has to be rebooked. And I said, this is her second time. And then, of course, she told me, you're not the only one. Some of them here today are like you. They were booked in for the last day as well. That's that's fine. fine. But what's going to be done about it? Like... I don't know. And then I I went away, but I went back up just to talk to some of the students because I, I was annoyed. I was very annoyed. And I just thought for them, like I was able to drive my daughter in. Some of them have probably busted here, mm. uh, which is not so easy. And one girl I spoke to told me she had got a taxi. Now I said, you should be reimbursed for your taxi. This is shocking. Yeah. But... Now, I heard nothing from the centre till four o'clock that evening was the first message I got. Right. And it was kind of a, an apology and to say her test would be rescheduled. So now she has been rescheduled for the 6th of April, Holy Thursday. Okay. So I'm just only hoping that it will go ahead. You'll let us but know, like, won't you? But people are going to expense PJ to get there. I mean, my daughter now is after missing two days from school to go in and do that test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make an appointment, send it out. Then you come in, it can't be done. Then you go on the list again. Something's and up. I know, and I know. Yeah, and I wonder, has this happened other days with other people well, and it's just not been highlighted? That's why we wanted to talk to you, Bernie, because we want to see if the, the extent of the problem, what is going on. Thank you for that. I hope when it comes around that your daughter flies through the test. She's probably practiced it for so much now she'll walk it, which is, which yeah. is a good thing. Which is a good thing. All but right. that, that's, yeah, she had, she had been flying it the first two days we went in. She'd been flying in the practices. And like I said to the lady, she's so prepared now. And mm-hmm. I said, this is just, and I said, for me as well to come into town, it's not such an easy thing all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm busy. I've other children as well. I know, people have lives and things to get on with outside of it. Thank you for that, Bernie. The driver theory test, Bernie's daughter cancelled not once but twice, now faces a third appointment 
on the 6th of April on Holy Thursday, which is what, two weeks yesterday. Uh, and hoping that it'll go ahead on the th- Anyone else come up against that problem of repeated cancellations for the theory test? Or you go in and you're cancelled at short notice and you have to wait again. 0818 96 96 96 on the youngsters stealing Japanese import cars. If you find them and they catch them, the parents should be held accountable, says Suzanne. They're getting away with it because they're minors. They don't realise that in 10 years' time it could be their car being taken, which is an excellent point. And we had a call from Great Island Motors, Gary Mills. Morning, Gar. Could you mention not all Japanese imports have no security. All of our Japanese import used cars have alarms and immobilizers that are fitted by us. Thank you, love the shows, says Gary. Much appreciated. My daughter was supposed to get her theory test Monday. She arrived at quarter to nine for a 9.30 appointment. She gave up at 11. She had to go to college. They texted her Monday evening to say it will be rescheduled. But as yet, we have no new date. Thank you for that. 0818969696. Motoring matters. We stay with them, including free NCTs. The Independent reported in the last few days that more than 2,000 motorists have been offered free NCTs since the start of the year, following those delays that are due to the massive backlog. We've done programs, whole programs, whole mornings talking about the backlog and getting NCT appointments. About 2,000 people have been offered free NCT tests. About 2,000 actually qualified according to the operators of the NCT Apples. That and other motoring matters next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96FM.ie This this is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. So are you one of the people that got a free NCT test because of the delays caused by the backlog? NCT say 2,000 have been offered to motorists since the start of the year. That and other matters. I'm joined by Bob Flavin of TikTok fame, motoring man on TikTok and YouTube. I know you had trouble getting your YouTube channel back sorted, but you did. Man, Bob, you've been on the, on the show with me before. Morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, I eventually got my YouTube channel back, but yes, uh, TikTok is still in there as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, a couple of things to, to do, Bob. The NCT tests and the free ones offered. How does one qualify for a free NCT test? So, if you've been waiting longer than twenty-eight days for a for a test for a test booking, then you're supposed to be offered a test for free. You can't actually apply for it yourself. So, it's not a thing you can go into the website and start clicking around to get offer a free test. They actually have to offer it to you, but you can complain. So, if you do eventually get your test and it has been longer than twenty-eight days, you can complain to the NCTS say that it should be free on the day. But there's no point in complaining, by the way, to the people at the counter. They don't have control over that. It's a computer that tells them what to book. So. Giving out to the guys on the ground isn't really going to help your cause. You need to go onto the website and deal with customer services. Like if I go online today to try to book an NCT test, I'd be, I'd be lucky to get into any either one of the Cork centres before June at the earliest. So I should yeah, therefore be offered be. for free, shouldn't I? 
you should immediately, yeah, once you actually get your test, you should. Now, what actually happens and what should happen is usually two different things when it comes to a sort of a government-run or privately-run government department. Uh, but they can be very, very slow, but they have been offered them. Now, 2,000 is not that many. I would suggest that only a drop in the ocean for people who actually waited for an NCT longer than 28 days for a booking. Oh, yeah. um, so I would say it's quite small. Now, we, you're too... Sectors on there are actually very heavily used uh, and you do okay with the passes. I mean, there's no massive amount of fail and dangerous parts down in Cork, but you still shouldn't be waiting. You've got two centres. You shouldn't be waiting any longer. 28 yeah. days. It yeah. should be easily done. Well, let's take I mean, I had people here looking for bookings. They were looking in January for, and they were getting August. So it's, it's, it's absolutely demented. I don't know if it's improved, though. Another thing that's causing there, problems... There is another... Yeah. There is another part of that. Uh, you can go on to an emergency list. So you yeah. can go by the list. You can go on to a waiting list as yeah. well. So yeah. if you take the first thing that's offered to you, it might be June or, June or August. If you go in and say you'll take any days, any time in the local area, they'll, you'll end up on a cancellation list. Because one of the biggest things that happen to the entity is people not showing up. Uh, and that's realistically they either don't show up or they just show up and fail immediately or they show up at the wrong time and their slot is missed and that opens up other slots around so you might get a cancellation slot that is available on the website okay move to the uh, driver theory tests we're hearing about people being cancelled multiple times here locally is there a problem nationally do you know there is a constant problems with uh driving but theory test and the actual tests themselves, the, the practical tests. But the problem has been staffing and the problem is a new computer system was brought in. And kind of during the pandemic time, they brought in this new computer system that was going to deal with everything. So instead of you phoning the licensing authority or the RSA or any of that, you now have this kind of log on. So when you log in, the system gives you a date and that date could end up being cancelled because there's not a staff member on the other end because they do a lot of this remotely these days as well. So if you were about to log on and do your test online and the person who was checking your test is not available, your test is cancelled. That's essentially what goes on now. Crikey. People just need to wait around. (laughs) Let me talk about something, Bob, that you and I have discussed before, but it's really prevalent at the moment now. We have a spate of thefts of Japanese imports. I spoke to two women this morning whose cars were stolen on St. Patrick's Day within hours of each other. And the problem with no no uh, immobilizers, no alarm systems in them. Should you be told by the dealer whether whether this is the case when you're buying them? This is down to dealer desperation, really, trying to find used cars to sell on the market. And there's been a number of them coming in from Japan. We, we kind of stopped importing Japanese cars. It, it tapered off. As we got into bed properly with England, we ended up getting a lot more English cars, European cars coming through, and less of the Japanese cars. But because of Brexit, because of import duties, because of this disconnect now, we now look at Japan as where the... the the cars can come from. The big problem there is they don't have the same regulations we have here about mobilizers, about alarms, about anti-theft systems over there. But why they don't have them, I'm not too sure, but they, certainly most of the cars that are coming in here now don't have an electronic mobilizer attached. Uh, it just doesn't have enough things in the car to stop it, old-fashioned kind of hot-wearing uh, yeah. theft. That's what's going on at the moment. Yes. People talk about dead switches and I was asked to ask you, if I want a dead switch in my car, can I get it fitted? Should I go to a garage and should I tell my insurance I've put it in? 
Yes, you can. So uh, that's a physical immobilizer. So essentially what you're talking about, dead switch would be a, a fuel disconnect switch, essentially just turning off the fuel, uh, the ability for fuel to flow in the car. Uh, they're they're brilliant. They're very old fashioned and old school works. Like that that stuff actually does work because they're really impossible to find. You should get it fitted by a guard shed. You're messing with the fuel systems. You want to make sure it's fitted correctly and done. And yes, you should always inform your insurance company of any changes you make to the car, including alarms and mobilizers. You might actually get a discount. Right. So if you get an alarm or mobile put in, let them know. Josh actually was asking a good question here with regard to NCT. If you in, if your NCT is out of date and you're waiting for the test and you have an appointment, if you're driving with an out of date NCT, can you have a problem with your insurance if you have a tip? Yes, well, this is untested, but the insurance companies say there shouldn't be a problem once the car is roadworthy. But who decided the car was roadworthy other than the NCT that you've had that lapsed? So there's there's a disconnect in the wording of lot of insurance policies. It's not really tested. We don't really have good, accurate data on cars that have no NCT having collisions and then being rejected by the insurance company, but it's unlikely to be rejected. The other problem is it's actually illegal to drive a car on the road without an NCT search, so you yeah. have the problem with the law as well. And, and it carries points now as well. It carries points as it well. Does, which is yeah. Lastly and quickly, Bob, because I'm running short of time, the thing on the NCT tests, how might you know if you're eligible? Can you look for one? One more get time. An email from customer services. Uh, that the first thing that will happen is the NCT will email you to say you've, you've entitled to a free test. If they don't and you think you are, then contact their customer service through the website and just say, I've been waiting longer than 28 days. I want a free test. Then you'll start communications off that way. All right, Bob, we'll leave it there. The line isn't isn't the best. People can find you on TikTok or on YouTube. Bob Flavin Motoring. And everything will come up, his videos and everything else. Thanks, Bob. 0818-969696. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. Kind of torn between 50 quid and 100 quid as an answer to Emma's query. Uh, Emma is an auntie. And she's going to a confirmation this weekend. And she wants to put some money in the card, as you do, like. And she's wondering, for a niece or nephew, what is the expected amount? What is the normal amount to give for uh, a niece or nephew? And either 50 or 100 seems to be what's coming in. Now... Other people are saying exactly what you can afford and no more, which is good, solid advice. But Emma is looking for an actual figure, I think, before she seals up that card and gives it to the child. So is it 50 or 100? That We're kind of tossing between the two at the moment. We, we, we want to try and give her a definitive figure by quitting time at 12. All right. If you can help with that. Oh, wait, three, three ninety six. 696-96. So there is an international football window at the moment, which means no Premier League live. 
on 96m.ie this weekend. It's back on Saturday, April 1st, powered by Talk Sports. Trevor back with all the action from the Premier League next weekend. Live games, big match interviews, uh, special guests and more. Premier League Live Online is brought to you by Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. And it's back, as I said, April 1st, tomorrow week on the app and at 96fm.ie. Some more stories this morning. Oh, yeah, we, we were talking to Paul Bourne from Kerry uh, at the top of the programme this morning. We'll podcast it later. The developments overnight in the Kerry baby case of 1984. Man and woman arrested in Kerry, being questioned at Castle Island and Lestol Garda stations. The cold case review team now has taken over Castle Island Garda station for this stage of the investigation. Paul believes, his sources telling him, believes that there will be charges at the end of this arrest and detention, but we can only wait and see. That was that development overnight. And then another development this morning, the case of Annie McCarrick, Annie McCarrick went missing under very suspicious circumstances pretty much 30 years ago this weekend, March 26th, which is Sunday, 1993. She went missing. She was from Long Island, New York. Annie Bridget McCarrick went missing under suspicious circumstances 30 years ago this weekend ahead of us while she was living here. Uh, Annie McCarrick's investigation has been upgraded officially today to a murder inquiry that is also new and breaking wow that's one of the great missing person stories of the 90s and the noughties and modern times books have been written about that particular story she went missing en route from Dublin to her home in Wicklow and has never been seen since 30 years ago this weekend more on that if we should get it 0818 96 96 96 of course this weekend too we put the clocks forward they go well, you don't have to touch them now I was listening to people in a news report this morning say, oh it's too much hassle why is it hassle your phone will do it for you your phone will jump the clock forward for you ok you might have to change your watch leave the cooker alone unless you plan to go at it with a hammer and chisel the car will probably do it automatically for you if not, it's a piece of cake anyway to change the clock in the car. So, why would you be too worried about it? We'd have nice long evenings from Sunday. And uh, go back again in October. I've made my case for moving it backwards and forwards. I think it because of where we are geographically and the way we get light all year round, I think it's important that we keep moving it backwards and forwards. It's only an hour. It doesn't hurt anybody to do it. So it'll happen um, overnight, Sunday, Saturday into Sunday. Clock's going forward an hour. They're due to go back again at the end of October. I think it's the Jazz Weekend. Not 100% certain on that. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Orla has contacted the show. Orla, um, because it's Daffodil Day today, you want to mark Daffodil Day uh, by remembering... Your, your parents. I'm so sorry to hear, Orla, that you lost both of your parents during the pandemic to cancer. Good morning and our sincere sympathies to you. Hi, hi, PJ. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, and thank you for um, your condolences. When did they pass away? Um, a few months ago, about... My, my my sense of time now is is all gone about probably nine months ago. Oh, okay, okay. 
case, so very, very recent, very, very raw. You're very brave to come forward. But you think it's really important that people support Daffodil Day today? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, basically, kind of, I suppose the shorter story is both parents were diagnosed with terminal cancer during the pandemic and they both subsequently passed away. Um, you probably couldn't pick a worse time. And, um, you know, I, I did, my parents, we did avail of some of the support services. Um, and when you are in that receiving end in a time of crisis, um, you just realise how important it is and it means so much. Mm. And just a way of kind of giving back a little. Um, plus, my mom. Um, it would have been Daffodil Day two years ago when she came home from hospital. So it, there's kind of an extra association with it. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Was it, one of them was a keen gardener as well, so it would be tending their daffodils. So yeah, that that, that would be my that would be my mom. That my mom, although my dad often might get the praise for it. Um, <laughs> so he he take it as well, no problem. Yeah. He would correct it, but um, yeah, no, she um, uh, she'd often um, she'd always take photographs. Um, she'd have posts up, you know, um, and I just think maybe what she might have done, yeah, um, if she hadn't got cancer herself. You know, she would be supporting um, from my dad that. and stuff. So when yeah. did you when did you first reach out to the Irish Cancer Society? Um, it's actually easy to remember. It was November twenty one. Um, Vicky Phelan had been on the Late Late Show the night before, so the the support lines were open on the following day and the Saturday, and that's when I would have first made contact. Mm. Um, my parents were due to start new cancer treatment um, the following Monday. Both of them on the same day. Um, so yeah, that, that's when I that's when I made contact. Mm. And when you make that call, what do they do? What? How do they begin to help you? What's the first process? Well, I think I think normally if somebody makes that call, you're kind of in a place of a crisis. Mm-hmm. And you're just looking for support. That's the first thing for anyone, and especially a carer, anyone who's there, they will know. They will know and understand that. Um, is just uh, of needing someone to talk to to find out um, help, support, because with so much of all the COVID restrictions, um, communications were often an issue, yeah. and. Um, <sighs> It was just because I suppose even just to find out are there other people who've cared for two people mm-hmm. with cancer at the same time? You know, little things like that. Mm-hmm. Little things like that. So just um yeah, you're just you know, let's just ring in, let's see what what can they offer, what can they maybe there's something I haven't thought of. And were you, you know, surprised at how much was something. Are you, were you surprised at how much was an offer? Um, well, the main thing was just the empathy and compassion. Um, that was the main thing. Um, the person I spoke to, they, they just, I was on probably for well over an hour. Um, and then on a practical side, yeah, then they had suggested like the volunteer driver service, um, which we did avail of, and then to link in with the local cancer support services. So in my case, it was the Cork Ark House. Yeah, brilliant. Um, when they've been just fantastic, and um, they encouraged to avail of the counselling service, 
um, which I did. I was just waiting at the time till I could do it in person because, you know, I suppose you forget now some of the the way the restrictions affected um, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So for a long time, you couldn't do um, in-person services, you know, and appointments. Um, so, and then I made contact with the Ark House and they had a few other suggestions, um, you know, small little practical things and, um, they helped lessen the burden because the logistics, um, they were just very intense because you two people, they were in different hospitals for treatment. Um, my joke was that it was like a project manager trying to, to, um, coordinate yeah. all the different appointments, well, treatments. Can't imagine, can't imagine how hard that must be. Yeah. Yeah. The, the nurses as well, This the daffodil nurses, Sinead and Killette, tell me about them. Yeah, so literally was this month last year, around this time last year, I only found out that the daffodil nurses are there. Um because we couldn't visit um, when my parents were in hospital. You know, it was very restricted. So I wouldn't have been passing the Daffodil Nurses Station or anything. Um, So I didn't even know they were there. (laughs) You know, you think about it. But um, when I did make contact and know they reached out because that would have been a bit of a crisis. Um, You know, one of my parents, their diagnosis was um, changed. um, And... um, they they just put me in contact with um, different resources that I was looking for because I was yeah. more coming to I was talking about end of life, you know, oh yeah. um, care, things like that. And um, they were just there if I needed to ring them or, you know, back and forth with emails and links to potential information. Yeah. You know, um, like if, if I had known... Sorry. Go on. If you'd known how. Yeah. No, I was going to say if I had no, if I had known they were there, I would have made contact a lot sooner. Sure. Yeah. You sent us a, a fairly lengthy email of, of who helped, and you got so much help through the Cancer Society, which is why you believe, I think, earlier we all should support in whatever way we can support Daffodil Day. Yeah. Um, well, the, I know the the volunteer driver service. Um, funded with it, the daffodil nurses, the the counselling, um, the night nurses. Mm. Um, we would have planned to avail of them. It didn't work out in the end. But just the fact that um, it's there and they offer it, it's free of service. Um, it, it, it just, it's phenomenal really when you, you actually have that help in time of crisis. Mm. And um, you, I suppose a lot of people may not realise that it's there. Yeah. Um, when it's there, the things they supply is, is, is remarkable. And today is the big fundraiser to help with it. We're down the street, Ken and our street fitter down at Brown Thomas this morning, um, helping along with with Daffodil Day. We're delighted to be part of it. How are you now, Orla? How are you getting on? Um, I want to say I'm standing. Good for you. You know. That's good. I'm standing. That's, that's an um, achievement, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Um, yeah, because, look, it's it's been um, very challenging. Mm. And um, it's been, as a carer, it's been hugely intense. Um, um, Who's minding you now? So, uh, that's a very good question. 
Um, I have to learn to create a new normal for myself now. And you'll get help um, with that too, won't you? So, yeah, I mean, again, I have to thank um, the Ark House. They've been yeah. phenomenal, um, you know, extended um, help. Um, family carers have been fantastic as well. Um, so, no, there's, there's you know, there's different people Good. who have um, reached out and helped and supported because it's probably this phase is probably the harder part. Sure, sure. You know, the first, the um, you're still in the first everything phase and that's... Every week, every month, there's the first. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I'm thinking of you. We're all thinking of you. And it's very courageous of you to take my call today after sending on that wonderful email, uh, paying tribute to your your parents and encouraging listeners to the opinion line to support Daffodil Day in whatever way they can. Yeah. And also just to reach out that if there's anyone who is caring for someone with um, cancer, and especially if they're caring for two people, just to reach out for for support, you know, Mm. um, that there are are some help and support there. um, Just uh, to know that you're not doing it alone. Yeah. Margaret was on that lovely old Irish saying, there's a bed in heaven for you, girl. Um, (laughs) You take good care of yourself, Orla. All right. That's it. That's right. Thank you. Thanks. Thoughts with Thank you. you. That's uh, Aura. 1-8-96-96. Her mum and dad both died in the last uh, nine months or so, having been diagnosed with cancer during the pandemic. And she reached out to the Irish Cancer Society and the resources funded by Daffodil Day were put in front of her. The volunteer drivers, help with Ark House, the nurses, loads more. And that's what you're helping today, is people like Orla and uh, her late parents, who you are helping with your contribution today to Daffodil Day. 0818969696. Tom says, if I could give them a fortune, I would. My dad and sister both died of cancer. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Back to the theft of Japanese imported cars. We had two people on earlier on this morning whose cars were stolen on St. Patrick's Day. The guards have had enough of these guys, says this message. They know who they are. There's nothing can be done because they're underage. They're always up in the juvenile courts, but nothing happens. They're randomly attacking people in town as well. I've seen it for myself. If the guards give chase and something happens, the young fellas then sue the state and the guards don't give chase because of this. They're not allowed to. They're having a competition among them now to see who can get the most charges against them. And they're putting all the stuff online. They're just pure thugs. Thanks for that. 0818969696. Now, Anya Marie... Lovely name on the subject of theory tests. Morning. Morning, how are you? Good. You've had yours cancelled. Yeah, so my first theory test was on the 27th of February and it was cancelled. I went in and they said that they had internet issues, so I was just turned away. Um, And I did another theory test, I'd say, about two weeks later. Mm -hmm. Um, That went ahead, but I had to book again because I had... Uh, failed it. So um, I booked it for today and on Tuesday evening I got an email saying that it was cancelled due to technical issues. Um, so that's not going ahead. But I was after taking the day off work 
in February. Um, and I just got no email, no message, no call to say that it was cancelled. So yeah. that was a day off work. <laughs> Discommoding yourself for an yeah. appointment that you think is going to happen and it doesn't. Yeah. And you were supposed to have one when? Today? And that got cancelled? Today, yeah. Had this you morning. Take, had you taken time off for that? No, I had... I. I wasn't going to do that again, so I just booked it on a date that I had off already. Sure. And tell me, like, is this holding up your efforts to get driving? Because you have to, you have to have your theory test, don't you, before you can sit into a, a, a instructor's car, don't you? Or do you? Yeah, you do. So, like, my plan was to do the theory test, and like, I have an instructor lined up and everything, um, but I can't do my lessons until I have my learner's permit. Yeah. Um, so I'm just waiting on that and I was hoping to, you know, have at least two lessons done by this stage, but mm. it's all hold, held back now. Now I have my test booked for next week, but like the excitement is gone because I'm like, if I walk in, they might cancel it again or, you know. That's the sense of dread you'll have now going in the door when you should be going in for something routine. Yeah. <laughs> Crikey, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, take Bernie's daughter wasn't the only one. We've had a few more on text and WhatsApp as well. Anya Marie, when it comes, when it eventually does come around, good luck with it. Thanks very much. Take care and thanks. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Plenty more messages coming in about those cancellations. And as she just said, she she took a day off to attend for her test, and that was a, day, a wasted day off. And I'm presuming that she didn't get paid young person, a lot of them when they take a day off like that they don't get paid so there was that inconvenience 0818 96 96 96 I don't know if you saw this during the week there's a list has been compiled of the men's jobs jobs men do that make them more prone prone rather to divorce I, I didn't write this list before you get at me I didn't write it. It was put together by Katie K. Leonard. She is a divorce lawyer in America. And she put the list together and she posted about it. Was it on her TikTok? It was. She posted about it on TikTok. And I'd be fascinated to know what you think. Here's Katie K. Leonard. I'm in my car waiting for a class to start, so I thought that I would do a quick video about something that popped in my head the other day. Um, when I first started practicing family law 13 years ago, a woman attorney, I think, gave me a statistic about the top five professions of men that women should avoid marrying. And I thought, well, that's a really random thing to, to you know, think about, or how would you even get that kind of um, statistic? But. It stuck in my head and over the course of my career, I've watched my most difficult cases and shockingly, many of them involve men in these five professions. Now, I want to be really clear before I say this, that if you're married to somebody in one of these professions, it doesn't mean that you're doomed to failure. It doesn't mean that your husband is a bad person. Um, I'm sure there's outliers and any kind of statistic, but just for fun, this is just generally speaking, something that I've observed as being pretty common. And what I notice among these five professions is that they tend to be more narcissistic. They tend to be more controlling. And when I tell you the 
professions, you're going to see why. And they tend to be far more difficult in dealing with a divorce. They they have kind of a nuke the earth, you know, scorch the earth, how dare you challenge me kind of approach to litigation. So here they are in no particular order. The top five professions of husbands that women should avoid are firemen. I've never really understood that one, but it's on there. Um, police officer, military, surgeon, and pilot. If you look at these professions, what do they all have in common? They all have in common that the men in these professions, they're gods in their profession, right? You're a policeman, you're walking around with a gun, you're walking around with authority. If you're a surgeon, you're walking around the hospital. Everybody, you know, looks up to you, you're in charge, everybody treats you with respect, and then, you know, you come home and all of a sudden somebody's asking you to take out the trash. I think that that's a difficult kind of transition to make. Pilots especially, and when you look at pilots, you cross over to Air Force, military, they're in control of like 150, 200 people's lives at a time. They are treated with a tremendous amount of respect and they have a lot of responsibility and they tend to be very narcissistic and very controlling. So curious to see if anybody has any um, examples of this. I'm sure there are definitely great ones in these professions, but it just tends to be a theme that I see. So curious to hear the feedback on that. Now, I'm not saying any of this before you start screaming at me and complaining. And she did, to be fair, stress that she's not talking about all firemen, all police officers, all military, all surgeons, or all pilots. And bearing in mind, too, she's in America, which, you know, enough said. America, enough said, shall we say. But the five most common professions or lines of work that end up in divorce in America, according to Casey K. Leonard's research. Firemen, police officers, military, surgeons, and pilots. Now, I can think of a few more that might go onto that list in my own experience. Working around married couples and working with married couples and been married myself for the bones of 30 years I can think of other professions that might go on that list but I wonder what you think again, not all please don't start complaining and Mike can please don't start they will anyway but not all firemen not all police officers not all military not all surgeons not all pilots but they are the top five professions that end up of men of men that end up in divorce. What would you think? 083 396 96 On the confirmation money, we're trying to help Emma and reach a conclusion before midday, and I think we're homing in on an answer. I gave 20 euro. This is Emma's an auntie. She's going to a confirmation this weekend. She wants to know how much money to put into the card. Caller says, I gave 20. The child was expecting 70. Expecting? Expecting? Catherine, keep me very anonymous. Of course we will. The shame of it. The shame of it. 50, unless it's a godchild, then 100 for the godchild, says Caroline. My son's making his confirmation next week. Anne says 50 is more than enough from an aunt or an uncle. Jackie, 50 is the standard. Where did, who writes this standard stuff anyway? 
Like, who writes up the stat? Did someone sit down and compile it? Anyway, she can't afford it, though. Then put in what you can afford. Nobody should feel under any pressure. That's from Jackie. 50 is plenty. It would depend on how many nieces and nephews you have. True. And also if you have kids yourself. And how many flipping confirmations you're going to. My brother gave both mine for confirmation and communion, but they have plenty of money. He knows I can only give so much, so he doesn't expect it back. Bernie, give what you can afford. People put themselves under awful pressure. And that's not what the day is about at all. We're kind of torn between 50 and 100. Or just give what you can. We've got about 25 minutes to get to a definitive. I'm thinking 50. I'm certainly thinking if I was in that position, 50. Unless you happen to be a godparent, which then you're up to 100. I'm with that kind of thing. Add to that list... Hospitality workers. Really? I was 20-odd years in that industry. If I ever let the cat out of the bag, there'd be a rake of separations. I'm at work, so I can't come on the air. Probably best you didn't, if you know that much dirt about me. Hospitality, she wants to ask, add, he or she, I don't know, to the list of professions most likely to end in divorce for the man. Thank you for that. The list as compiled by American Lawyer... Uh, we, we played her TikTok there earlier on um, Katie K. Leonard the list is surgeons, policemen fire service, military and pilots as the professions of men most likely to end in divorce and this correspondent would like to add hospitality workers to that fair enough 0818 96 96 96 20 euro for a friend's child 50 for a niece or nephew I wouldn't give, dream of giving anyone a hundred to me, that's way too much money to give a 12-year-old child. That's from Maria. Thanks, Maria. 0818 96 96 96. Do you use emojis? Do you give people the thumbs up? Well, you could be breaking all sorts of rules that you didn't even know existed. I give thumbs up. I think if I give one thumbs up here a day, I give half a dozen through the window. I literally hold my hand up over my head. Les will say something to me up through our talkback system. And I will literally throw my hand up with a thumbs up and say, that's grand, away which a message received and understood. Apparently, that's all wrong now. It's next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96FM.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 this whole digital etiquette thing has kind of grown legs over the last couple of months. When I read an article online and I started seeing stuff about thumbs-up emojis and actually giving someone thumbs-up across an office, if I do that once a day, I do it a half a dozen times a day, we have a chat group here, uh, the Opinion Line production team, we have a chat group among ourselves, and I get a load of uh, email messages from Fergal and Emer, and we do this to each other all the time, you know, we get a load of messages, and that's grand lads, and that's what it means, thumbs up emoji, that's fine, message received and understood, I would go halfway, half a dozen times a day, through the window here, message received and understood. Uh, it would appear I am somewhat out of touch. Charlotte Ivers, Sunday Times columnist, you've been looking into this whole thing of how these symbols and normal things have changed over the years. Charlotte, morning to you. 
Good morning. Emojis are a big problem, particularly the thumbs up. Why? Well, emojis have been on a bit of a journey, to be honest. They, in the early days, were very much something that people would use all the time. And it almost got to the point where they got a bit stuck in time. And now, really, they sort of seem to be reminiscent of a previous era of the Internet. Mostly when my friends use emojis now, they're using them ironically. So I'm thinking about the crying, laughing emoji, for example. That one's probably been on the biggest journey. Everyone will sort of use it to show that the joke that they've just made isn't very good or maybe to take a joke at someone else's expense and that's really the only time that I'd see emojis when they're being used ironically and in the workplace particularly they were something that maybe had a little bit of a brief phase of appeal but certainly now seem to be coming much more controversial so you mentioned the thumbs up emoji there that sort of seems to be a bit passive aggressive now in the workplace that is something that essentially a lot of people view as saying look I don't really have the time to reply to you. I don't really have a level of enthusiasm that would make me want to say good work or thank you. I'm just going to acknowledge your existence very briefly. And so I think they've become a little bit of a minefield. Does it also not mean, Charlotte, that's fine. I have a very, very, very busy day. I've I've read or I've heard or I've seen the message you want to, to, to give me and that's fine. I'm good with that. I think it does to some people, but then other people will read it as passive aggressive. And it's a bit of an odd one, really, because you are essentially speaking two slightly different languages when you engage with that sort of emoji. And I think that's probably why it's a bit of a risk, because it is open to interpretation. So Mm. I think about some of the emojis that I would use frequently, the upside down smiley face, for example, I would use that to make a point that I wasn't happy about something. By upside down smiley face, I mean the entire face is upside down, not that it's frowning. I I would mean that as I'm a bit unhappy about this or something bad has happened Mm. in my life, whereas I know that other people would use it to mean that they are happy, sort of, you know, almost spiralling round with happiness. And so I would only ever use it ironically in that case with friends who I know also do the same thing so it's almost a lot easier to just use words I know these were invented to make life easier but the ambiguity does mean that doesn't always work that effectively This is is like a meeting of overthinkers anonymous and we're not even started (laughs) You're saying, you wrote about this in the Times the thing that your, your best friend has never forgiven you for doing something to me, Charlotte, is as ordinary as as stepping out for a walk You rang your best friend without asking permission I did. This this was a few years ago. It must have been before the pandemic. I was walking down the road and on the other side of the road, I saw a man we'd both met at a party a few months ago and really, really didn't like him. And I thought this was so funny. We had no real connection to him at all that I had to phone her. So I picked up my phone and I phoned her and she answered in an absolute panic. And she was like, are you okay? Is someone ill? Has someone died? What's going on? And I essentially, had to talk her down from that and then tell her the story and I thought she'd find the story funny that I'd just seen this man but really she just wasn't paying attention to it at all because she was so worried by the fact that I'd made this phone call to her because that's just not what we do and I think that's basically because there are so many ways to communicate now you know you can whatsapp someone you can email someone you can leave them a voice note that actually a phone call is only really reserved for 
very, very heightened occasions, be that you just got married, be that you or just got engaged, you probably know about it prior if you just got married, or be that that something terrible has happened, what someone about, has What about died. I just want it's a so, quick chat and a bit of a laugh with my friend? Well, usually you just WhatsApp them in that case, or what you'd send them is a WhatsApp saying, hello, can you drop me a call later? I just want to have a quick chat and a bit of a laugh with you, because otherwise the social signals just fall apart. And of course, I I really am talking about very specific age of people, very specific generation of people. Yeah. I think it's really the age of people who came up of age with the internet and so built a lot of their social lives online and via their phones and so have this terribly delicate ecosystem of etiquette that they built along with them. I, I rang somebody recently, hadn't rang in a while, we'd be friends a long time and the response was, hello, to what do I owe the pleasure? I thought, yeah. How old was this person? Would be maybe in their 40s. Yeah, I think that's just about the lower bounds of the type of person who would find that acceptable. I reckon it's probably oh uh, maybe 37-odd would be the cut-off point. It's the people who either got the internet when they were very, very young or mm. who never knew a world without the oh internet. And a surprise call from a friend you haven't heard of from in a long time is, one of, the, in my mind, one of the simple pleasures of life, Sharon. Yes, and it would be if we got the pre-warning of it. I think if I got a phone call from someone I hadn't seen in years, I would presume definitely that someone had died or oh that something awful had happened that only I could fix or that they'd, I'd done something to terribly wrong them and they wanted to know what was going on. Yeah. Now, even when we're writing a text message, we have to be careful of our full stops. Come on. <laughs> well, this, again, is one of those big generational divides. My mum does this to me all the time, or at least she did until I told her that we were going to have to have a negotiation about it. So it's not all full stops. If you're doing multiple sentences in a text message, then obviously you can break up that message with full stops. Although, to be honest, what I'd usually do is send each sentence as a different text, but that's an entire other can of worms. But the real problem and the real act of passive aggression if you get this from someone under the age of about 35 is a text message that just says okay full stop or right full stop in response to something that you've just said now if you just sent okay with no full stops that's just you know the equivalent of a thumbs up that's just an acknowledgement of what has happened but okay full stop is almost creating a bit of a pregnant pause it's, it's a registering disappointment it's, it's a, a dot but it's a but it means something quite significant. It's all just dots and lines eventually, but it means something <sighs> that is very much an attempt to register your discontent. So if I said to you, I'm really sorry, I'm not going to make it to dinner tonight, and you replied, okay, full stop, I would absolutely know that you really there were fed up of my nonsense and that you're really annoyed that I couldn't make it. Whereas okay would just mean that's fine, I'll see mm. you some other time. Charlotte, I'm glad I'm of a certain age that I don't overthink so much. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you very much, Charlotte Ivers, columnist with the Sunday Times. The changes. Andrew, you sent me an email on this the last time I brought it up. Morning to you. Good morning to you. You saw another one as well. Love, love hearts. Very dangerous things. Yeah, I do. Oh, God, that's an awful phone line. No, that's an awful phone line. That's an awful phone line. Um, can we see if we can try and 
We'll, give, we'll try and get back to him. We'll try and get back to him because I want there's something I want to do as well. Andrew's got a new single out. I've mentioned Andrew um, and DJing a few years ago, or many times rather over the last few years. He's got a new record out. Andrew and his pals have gotten together and they have remixed a Sir Henry's classic called Feels So Right and got, got it all done, got all the work into it and it's out you can buy it actually, it's called Track Source. We'll talk to him on Monday, probably, because we can't get his line back. But he was saying, with regard to a love heart or an ex in a. Co- Why is she commenting with a love heart? That's a jealous boy or girlfriend. Or putting an ex. Lots of people put exes on the end of, of their comments, particularly in chat groups. I notice sometimes we have a chat group, all the parents uh, involved in the lads, the young lads there could be 20 or 30 of us in it and people put X's and hearts on the end of their messages it's just the way people express them but that too can be um, misinterpreted as Charlotte was saying Simon is not in studio today he's live from MD O'Shea's in Ballincollig in there for the afternoon uh, lots of great prizes uh, with the street fleet so stay listening for that that is it programme I think 50 euro 50 euro that's where we are I think with Emma 50 euro alright for the nephew or the niece's confirmation cards Busy one and a busy week. Programme edited by Imra Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Thank you for joining the conversation in whatever way that you did. Oh, we had one more. Oh, my ex-husband was in the Naval Service and the Army. He had a woman in every port and barracks. And yes, the rate is very high of separated, divorced and partners splitting up in the Defence Forces. They spend too much time away and they always have good excuses to lie to stay out all night. That's a conversation that I think might continue. Have a good weekend. Don't forget to clock's forward and we'll talk to you Monday just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM.